Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from, people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. We are so excited that you're joining us this week. I say we because I have a guest with us this week. I'm starting a new series that I'm titling Collaboration Over Competition. And I have included several guests to speak into this topic. Uh, and we're going to start off this series with my with my friend, my guest this week, Sue Donaldson. Sue, welcome to the She Connects podcast. Say hello and tell us where you're joining us from. Thank you so much, Susan. I appreciate the invitation. I'm all about the invitation because it started with God. So, so great. My name is Sue Donaldson, and I come from the central coast of California. Wonderful, wonderful. And so right now, is it is it warm there? Like, what is the temperature there right now? Because my husband and I visited California for the first time, let's see, it would be two years ago, and we went wow. in... March, I want to say, and I was surprised at how cold I was. Mm -hmm. It really depends that, you know, the state is quite diverse. Um, my husband's from Iowa, and so we would never move back because he was sick of the cold growing up. Uh, but I grew up in Southern California, but we're in the Central Coast, which is about seven miles from the ocean and San Luis Obispo. And today is foggy. Uh, not foggy, I would say overcast, about 61, 62. I just walked a couple miles with a friend and was chilly the whole time. But I am kind of a, a weather wuss. So I have uh, friends and relatives out your way, but we would probably never visit in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I'm going to say true confessions here, you know, the older I get, the the more I wonder what on earth am I doing here? I, I need to yeah somewhere that's warmer. Yeah, so, that's so true. Well, you have just an amazing ministry and I'm excited for listeners to connect with you and just really be a part of the content that you're putting out into the world. But one of the things that you believe in is that women encouraging women is how God shows his love to us and the world. Explain that to us. Well, it dawned on me that if God wanted me to have my own planet, I would have my own planet, but he didn't do that. We all are on the same planet. And uh, so he, our best life, our flourishing life is when we are working alongside one another, but that is difficult because we're human. And uh, so uh, when we're together and loving God, the way he's asked us to, then he says, well, you don't just love me. You love others as you love yourself. And that is, um, I mean, I'm almost 69 years old, and I'm just rediscovering this whole beautiful 
uh, purpose for my life that I could wake up every morning and wonder, well, who am I going to meet today that needs uh, a reflection of your heart, a reflection of your love? But I cannot do that by myself. And my dearest friends love me as is. I can count those on my two hands who love me as is, because that's a reflection of God's love. But uh, included in that as is love is uh, there, I invite them to, to challenge me, to help grow me for the sake of the glory of God, because that's the bottom line. But God says, well, you're not supposed to do that by yourself. And that's why he called 12. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So good. How do you see Jesus modeling community for us when you look at his earthly ministry? You know, he started his ministry formally at 30, but you wonder whose lives he's touched before then. But he called 12. It's not a magic number, but it's what he called. And he was mostly with them. And uh, you can see why why Martha might get a little upset that, you know, Jesus was coming to her house because he always came with an extra group of 12. You know, she wasn't just making dinner for one, but that's beside the point. And sometimes with three people, he was, and then he sometimes with 5,000. And uh, he, I think he did all those numbers for all of us on every, like I'm extreme extrovert. My husband's extreme introvert. Mark, my husband teaches me about that and how God uses an introvert. And then I help stretch him in the area of extroversion. So God, Jesus modeled, pardon me, community for us. And he continued to invite himself really into other people's lives. Like, Hey, I'm going to come to your house for dinner. Remember when he said that, Mm -hmm. which is kind of a cool way to do it. I've done that. Would you please invite me over? I need some fellowship, especially because I was single till I was 35. So I had to kind of make myself a nuisance so that I would feel loved and at home in someone's family. And then of course, he's always, always invited people into his life. And that made all the difference. Okay. So I want to pause right there and circle back to something that you said about how he even invited himself over to people's houses and you, um, you yourself have, you know, just reached out to people. And so when you said that, I was immediately reminded that sometimes it takes a, us digging deep and finding our brave to be hey, would you meet me for coffee, you know, and not, and not just, you know, sit in our homes and, and hope that someone will reach out to us that we can be the initiator in that. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Oh, honey, that's happened so many times for me, just because of my singleness. And also because I traveled a good bit and moved locations and you, and you may not know, but perhaps your listeners know that when you move, depending on what season of life you're in, it's difficult to start a new support group. And that's what our friends are. They're support groups for us at every level. And uh, so when I moved into my first career, I was a high school teacher at this great little church. And I thought, well, these people love on me. You know, they really love me, but they never invite me over. And I grew up with a mom who would invite the new person over every Sunday. And so I thought, well, if my mother were here, she would invite me over, you know, but of course my mother wasn't there. One Sunday I was in the parking lot and everybody was like loading up their kids into their vans. That's when vans were new and off they would go. And I thought, hmm, they didn't invite me over. So I girded up my brave loins and I contacted, then we didn't text, but I must have called uh, about six women. They're all older, all married and had them for a Saturday brunch. I, I didn't have a lot of money. You know, you can make brunch pretty cheaply. And they were probably surprised I could cook. I don't know if I could cook, but I could read, you know, so I read, read directions. And then, you know what happened, Susan? 
they were so delighted to be invited out of their busy homes on a Saturday morning. I didn't know that. I just needed them desperately. And so from that time, then that gave me more courage to keep inviting when I had to take the initiative. When I moved to Brazil, for instance, I had to start all over and I had uh, apple crisp five Friday nights in a row because they didn't have chocolate chips in Brazil in those days, just inviting different people. Why? Because I was desperate for friends. So it's almost like a uh, sanctified self-seeking when you, <laughs> when you go out and you say, Lord, I need someone. And you say, well, I'm not brave like Sue. Well, you can invite one person. You don't start with the world. That's what my husband has taught me. So anyway, by the time I left that church, it was four years in Whittier, California. I had about six or eight women who would take me to lunch in a minute, would listen to my boyfriend problems, would pray for me, would pay for lunch. You know, that was really great too. And um, so really it turned out to be the best gift to myself because I invited. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I've said countless times that God never created us mm -hmm. to live alone, you know, to live as an island unto ourselves, but he created us for community. Sure. You know, we're, we're supposed to be in community and, you know, for anyone listening today, maybe you're, you're feeling like you're, you know, kind of in a new season, or maybe you have relocated because of your job or your husband's job or whatever, mm -hmm. um, you know, to just be intentional and, and reach out to just one person, just mm -hmm. one person. And I think that so often, especially for women, we can self-sabotage ourselves into, oh, thinking, you know, that, well, they're not going to want to be friends with me. They don't have time for me or, but boy, I would just encourage <laughs> you. And I think Sue would as well to kind of set that aside and just invite, invite them out and, mm -hmm. you know, to not answer for them. I've had to learn that in my own life, you know, to mm -hmm. let them answer for themselves. And it's just allowed some really great relationships in, in my life. So uh, how, how does competition not serve us well? And I feel like we, we know these things, but we don't really know them, you know? <laughs> so speak into that a little bit. Why doesn't competition serve us well? Well, competition doesn't serve me well. I'll just speak for myself. If I feel in competition with someone over anything, the simplest thing, it either stops me in my tracks from growing because I'll say, why bother? Like I, I'm a, a fairly new podcaster, a year and a half. So if I hear about someone who's very popular, then I would say, oh, well, I think I'll give up. So that stops me. See how that simple thing, that my, it's a mind game. Or if I see someone who's not as um, popular or whatever. So that's a comparison. I would be proudful and God resists the pride proud. And I want to be close to him. So I always say that competition is a slippery slope and it's a comparison pit that we can so easily slide down into. And I'm pretty self-assured in the sense, Susan, that I know my gifts and I know my weaknesses. I continue to grow in those, of course. But even in that, I can still fall down that slippery slope when I see, oh, man, she's thinner than I am. She's blonder. Well, never blonde. She's, she's a better hostess because that's my expertise. Perhaps people look at you and say, oh, that's what you do so well. And I, and I don't like them comparing themselves to me, Susan, because that will stop them. They'll say, 
oh, well, that's what Sue does. And I get a little mad in a very spiritual way. And I say, you know, it's not me. God says be hospitable. So you just do it in your own way. I speak on it a lot because I want to encourage women to get out of their own way. I think that's what you're talking about, getting out of our own way. And you don't really get to do that until you start. But what stops me and others in doing anything new is thinking that we're doing the real work anyway. And guess what, Susan? It's God that does the real work. So he's, of course, training me and I'm getting better at things that he's called me to do. I'm not saying I just sit on the curb and say, I'm going to be a, I'm going to do poorly at this. I don't think that's what you're saying. But if I compare myself to anybody, I'll just say, well, I'm never going to write another book because there's so many books out there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And, you know, as, as it goes with, with writing books, I have felt that too, that, you know, so many, there's already so many other books out there on this topic. And I remember the last time, uh, so I'm a three-time author. And so my third book was released last fall. And when I was writing that book, I actually said that to God and he's, I felt like right away, he just spoke right back to my heart, but they haven't heard it in your voice. They haven't heard it in your voice. And gosh, that is just so, it's so good. And, and I really appreciate what you said about the importance of of getting out of our own way. And mm-hmm. so many, so many times it's not other people or, you know, circumstances, it's kind of ourselves <laughs> tripping over ourselves. I think it's totally ourselves. One of my friends who is a life happens to be a life coach and she's really good at it. Kathy Vick, she calls it the bad girlfriend in our heads, you know, and I can have that. I mean, I heard that five years ago when I first met her. And I also uh, interviewed her on my podcast, if anybody ever wants to hear her, Kathy Vick. But the cool thing is, I mean, the sad thing is that I still have that bad girlfriend and I should not. I had that in junior high. You know, I'm not in junior high, Susan, and neither are your listeners, most likely. And we need to get out of our own way and say, is that, is that from the Holy Spirit? Oh, I don't think so. And, it's, and also the, the idea about you writing another book. I remember when I started writing my first book and I couldn't get it traditionally published and a, a very a much younger, but more spiritual friend said to me, well, Sue, is it worth it for the glory of God that you write it, that you write it for him? And I thought, well, I'm not sure because it's a lot of work, you know, <laughs> which was very immature, but I went ahead and wrote it. And then um, I've written four now, but uh, it's like a lot of work, still a lot of work. I've just started a fifth one. I go, why am I doing this? Well, you do it for the Lord. But what I wanted to add, my point was, is that we learn something too in saying yes to God, right? I'm sure you learned the most in writing that third book. And it didn't matter that there are other books, even maybe by the same title, because it's what God is teaching you. And it's like his truth is coming through a sieve of Susan's personality. And you learn the most, God is glorified and people's lives are touched. Yeah. And even if it's just one person, you know, Jesus modeled that so well when, when he was teaching on, you know, the 99 and he left, you know, the shepherd left to go get the one. Well, why? Because that one mattered, you know, and it seems when someone is, is reading that it seems so reckless. Yeah. But what about the other 99? Don't they matter? Yes, they do. Right. But that one over here matters too. Mm-hmm. And I love that one. And there's value in that one. And, um, and so just that one person, um, I just, uh, Yeah, excuse me. Uh, Go ahead. No, I want to hear from you. 
I was going to share a story of just happened recently. A couple of weeks ago, I had a group of gals over to my backyard, about um, 11 friends, and they didn't really know each other that well, but they just needed to get out of their house. And my niece had also experienced that kind of dessert fellowship at my house last summer. So she said, well, Aunt Sue, I want to come down because it was so much fun. So she came down and uh, didn't, you know, didn't know anybody either. And just in her sharing, because everybody shared around the circle, my next door neighbor uh, glommed on to something that she had said. And so the next day, my niece went over to have her kids play with my neighbor's kids. And I had done a 6 a.m. Bible study. So I went back to bed. So I missed that whole little play group, which was fine with me. My kids are grown. And um, so later I wrote to Nicole, I texted Nicole. I said, do you need me to come over? And she said, no, my niece. And she said, no, we're having a great conversation. So later in front of the fire, Nicole says, well, guess what we talked about? We talked about, she even said, well, what does it mean to be saved? She said that question like Nicodemus. And I go, so what'd you say, Nicole? Well, I gave her the whole Romans road without telling her it was the Romans road. And I said, Nicole, you came down for my neighbor. You didn't come down for last night. You came down for this one person. And uh, my neighbor and I talk, uh, right, I mean, excuse me, we walk on a regular basis. And sometime in the future, I'm going to say, so what did my niece say to you? And what did you think about that? You know, and so the fact that I put on this spread for 11 women, God had it meant to put on his spread for my next door neighbor the next morning. That just makes me cry. Uh. That is so beautiful. Thank you for sharing that because it's it's encouraging to to myself and to the listeners as well that again that one person it she or he matters and you never know what's on the other side or who is on the other side of your obedient yes to the Lord. Exactly. Um, it, it's it's just so so beautiful mm-hmm. that we get to partner with him. Uh, we've heard that it's better to, that we are better together, but if we're honest, we can find it challenging to walk that out. Why do you think that is? Well, because we've been hurt by people, you know, people hurt, people hurt people. We were just exposed to uh, my daughter's almost future landlord and he was so rude. And we were then reconsidering whether she should live in that apartment for 12 months. And I and we prayed in the kitchen while we were um, deliberating. And I start, the Lord had me pray for him because I thought, he's such an awful person. I wonder where that came from. We ended up not taking the apartment. And I think we dodged a bullet, but still God had me pray. It's like you pray for your enemies, but you still get hurt by them. So it's challenging because, because we're human beings, uh, but we can get stuck in our hurt. And I think Jesus models going forward because no one was hurt more than Jesus. But he didn't say, okay, well, I'm done with you. I wash my hands of you and I don't love you anymore. He didn't do that. He went on to die on the cross for our sins and to become a blessing to others. So one of my favorite passages is Second Corinthians one, two, where we're comforted by God in our hurt. Yes, we're better together, but sometimes my best friends can hurt me the most just because I'm in a bad mood. I haven't got enough sleep. Or um, sometimes we can be overly comfortable with each other and we say something. And uh, so, yes, we're better together, but for all sorts of reasons, God is so expedient that he, he doesn't waste a trick. He doesn't waste a hurt feeling of mine. 
And he says, you come to me, you'll be comforted by me. He's called the God of all comfort. For what reason? For our own comfort? Not only. It's so that we turn around and show God's comfort to another. It's kind of like my website's the um, welcome heart. Well, why is it called that? Someone asked me that the other day. Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. No one ever asked me. Well, it's because God welcomed us and we have the opportunity to show off his welcome. Well, one of the best ways, Susan, we can show off the welcome of God is when we uh, go through an experience of hurt, we are comforted by God and by others. And then we pass on that comfort to someone else. Mm, That's revealing yeah. his heart. Not everyone will come to God, will come to Bible study when you ask them. They will not come to your conference when you ask them. It's too scary. Too many women, too much about Jesus. But they'll come to your house for a cup of coffee. So we start there. Yeah. And it's when I'm listening to you, I'm thinking it's, you know, inviting the Lord into how can I reach the people around me in my sphere right. of influence? Help me to be creative in connecting with these people. Give me an, an inroad into their lives that will just start a conversation, a non-threatening conversation, because you're so right, especially Nowadays, it's, it can be a little bit more challenging to include someone in a, in a traditional church service or a sure. conference because it's, it's unknown, you know, it just seems too big. It seems too, seems too risky, but wow, having someone over to your backyard or, you know, even going across the street and introducing yourself to the new person that moved in. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. So good. And I, mm -hmm. I really appreciate that you that you brought up, sometimes we have difficulty walking this better out together because of an old hurt. And I love that you mentioned that, you know, Jesus recognizes that sometimes that happens in life. I mean, we live in a fallen world. We are around imperfect people. And, and yet we see Jesus that he meets us at that point of pain, but he doesn't leave us there. He walks us out of that into <clears throat> healing and into freedom. And he leads us triumphantly. So glad that you brought mm -hmm. that up. Well, I had, uh, I have a, a friend who was desperately hurt through her divorce it was long before I met her, but <clears throat> she was a godly woman, older woman. And when we first, you know, the first few years of our friendship, she would speak with bitterness. I said to her, I thought we were close enough friends. I, I'd say, I said, you know, uh, Diane, that's not her real name. You, um, you're still holding on to that. And that was what, 15 years ago. And that's all I said. I didn't say anything more because I thought that's only going to hurt you. I mean, God's word says that you hold on to the bitterness and it just creates a root, a deeper root of bitterness. And uh, when I, some, some of my relatives are that way and I just kind of want to shake them, <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's not my job. It's the Holy spirit to shake them. But sometimes we can sort of reflect and say something to a friend in a kind way that say, you know, I feel like you're stuck there. And, and I know you don't want to be stuck because I know you really want to serve Jesus. And so I'm not minimizing pain because pain is awful. And I want to enter in with someone's pain, but I can't heal the pain. I can bring them to the healer. Yeah, that's good. Oh, I love that. You know, we are, we're resources, but we're not the source, right? Amen. Yeah. I speak on mentoring and I think that can be a big trap where we think we are the end all and answer all for someone because it makes us feel good. 
And there've been people that I've mentored briefly and then passed on to somebody else. And then they've been the main mentor in their life. And you just go, well, that's good. I can't handle the whole world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. So listening to you, I'm already thinking <clears throat> my wheels are turning in my brain. I would love to have you on the show sometime to talk about mentoring and mm-hmm. um, because I think that it's important and I think that there's a place for that in our lives. But I also think that it's important to know what to not only expect in you know that relationship, right. but also to know how to find the mentor that's going to be a good fit for you. Would you agree with that? Oh, totally. That's, that's what my second to the last book was on. <clears throat> the only reason I wrote another one is because I heard um, that Energizer Bunny Chandler Boltz on a podcast say that you could write a book in a week. And I thought, oh, well, I could give a week of holding still, you know, it's hard for me to hold still. So I wrote, I thought, well, what shall I write on? Well, I've been mentoring for years and being mentored for years. That's the main thing. And so you learn from your mentors And so I just did a mind map, put the word mentory in the middle, how, what, where, when, and came up with pouring out um, mentoring as a way of life. Because as believers, there's always someone who's a little bit older, a little further along the path. And I don't mean age-wise, because there could be someone younger who can mentor you. And then there's always someone that you can teach what you learn from scripture. I mean, I just walked, it's kind of startling to me. She gave me a Mother's Day present and she's only like 20 years younger. I consider her my peer, but she still gave me a Mother's Day present. And, um, and we were walking this morning and I said, let me just tell you a scripture verse God showed me. I just wanted to tell her because it's good for me, Susan. When I say it out loud, I'll remember it. And so then she goes, so why did that mean something to you? And so I went on to discuss it. To me, that's mentoring. But uh, some people are afraid of mentoring because they think they're going to sign up for the rest of their lives. So in the book, I just talk about, you know, how to get started, what to say on the first meetup, uh, start only with three months so that you can gracefully get out of it if it's not working, all sorts of things like that. Mm, Yeah, uh, we'll talk about it another time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And so just for the listeners, we are actually going to make this uh, conversation with Sue into a two-part episode. Uh, You're hearing part one this week, and then make sure that you're tuning in next week to hear the second half of of this conversation. Um, You're just not going to want to miss it. But I also want to make sure that you are really taking advantage of the resources that she is offering um, to all of the listeners. They're in the show notes, all of the links um, to her website and how to connect with her in the online space, her social media uh, platforms, and then books and and those kinds of things. Fabulous resources that are going to help you grow in your faith. But Sue, thank you so much for being with us this week and just investing into not only my life, but the lives of of the listeners here on the podcast. And um, we just look forward to uh, continuing this conversation and how the Lord will use you to speak into our lives. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. As always, just so honored that you are listening. I just get so excited to see you um, sharing sharing this. Connects podcast on your social media platforms and just your different comments and how you reach out just really makes me want to do a happy dance. I'm honored each and every time to hear from you. But until next week, uh, know that you are fully seen, you are fully known, you are heard, and God could not love you any more than he loves Mm -hmm. you right now at this very moment. 
And just a quick little thing here before I let you go. Don't forget, if you are not uh, signed up uh, following the She Connects podcast, you can do that by looking at the top of your screen and seeing the little bell-like thing, little bell uh, icon thing at the top of your screen. Be sure that you click that so that you don't miss an episode. A new one drops every Wednesday. And I know that you're going to want to listen to part two of my interview with Sue. So with that, have a great rest of your week and I will catch you next time. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.